A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and a very warm welcome to Online Darts, the live lounge, September the 7th. We are here again for another live stream show, and we've got plenty to bring you. As always, me, Phil Bars, joined by Jonathan Eaton and Jack Gobby Garwood. Gentlemen, good evening. Hello, Phil. Very, very good to speak to you once again. Very good to speak to everybody here on Online Darts, as always. Um has there been any big stories in the last 48 hours? I, I must have missed that. Well, there's been one or two. <laughs> been one or two floating around, you know. Nothing, nothing quite like it. Yeah, it's been all right, isn't it? Uh, there's actually been to talk about Gob's, uh, Gob's prediction. Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but Gob's prediction pretty much came true from, uh, from, from Friday night's podcast. He said the top four would stay as it is. Uh, I've got to say, mate, that was not the way I expected it. <laughs> Me neither when I said it. I'm about to say, were you just doing that to be deliberately different? That's the crucial at this point. Is that the crucial thing? Um I think in my head, without considering how it would happen, I didn't think MVG would make it. Regardless of I'd pretty much come to that conclusion before. I'd looked at the final fixtures who could play each other in the permutation. So at that point, I sort of like dug myself a hole and just had to run with it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, uh, nice, yeah, very good. Was, yeah, a, a weird, weird day. We'll come on to that. Plenty to discuss, as always, everyone. We're going to look over the final night's action in NK. We now know our final four. It's not a spoiler. Everyone knows it, but we will go through that. We will talk about how we think finals night may go down. Plenty of time between now and then. We're going to talk about the contenders. Are they coming back next year? Do they work? Then, of course, we've got big news about the World Series. We'll come on to that. A couple of interesting tweets dropped this evening as well, which will add those into the mix. Of course, the BDO. We can't not talk about the news around the county scene today and the news over the weekend. that There's been an alliance drawn. 
So plenty in amateur darts. And of course, everyone, your questions, get them in on YouTube. We've got the chat up. We can see them. If we don't answer them straight away, we'll bring them in at the relevant points during the show. So we will answer everything that we physically can for you tonight, gentlemen. Don't worry about that. Well, guys, only one place to start. Let's rewind to the final night of Premier League darts league phase action in Milton Keynes. What a night. All four games had something on. And I don't think any of us saw it playing out the way it played out, gentlemen. Do you want to open, Jar? Uh, I, I still were a bit in shock, to be honest with you, God. That's the that's the main reason why I didn't want to say anything. Um, I, I, I'll be honest with you. When Gezi beat Gary first time round to, on the first game of the night, I thought that Gary would have been the one to miss out because it was such a heavy defeat. And I was very worried. I must be honest about that. I, I, I thought that was what was going to happen. Um, but, I mean, you were doing the live blog for us, Gob, right? What When when Gurney goes 6-0 up on Van Gerwen, what are you thinking at that point? Because we're not, you know, it was, it was an 8-3 win that was MVG needed to qualify for the playoffs. I, I thought he might not get the 8-3 done. I thought he might be 8-4, 8-5, might see where he goes and all that sort of stuff. I did not expect to see Gurney turn up and deliver that performance. I'm not sure Gurney turned up, as you say. Like, it, it was a convincing was... victory, yes. But I think Michael struggled so badly early on. The first leg, he averaged 58 in the scoring phase. That ain't good enough. That ain't good enough no, to win it. I agree with you, Gob. Oh, Gob's, Gob's, oh, Gob's gone. Us. No, he's back. No, oh, he's, no back. he's back. Oh, he's back now. <laughs> we, we got him now. We've got him. There we go. Hello. <laughs> no, I, I, it was that. He started so badly in a game where he had to win. No. Yeah, it, it wasn't a good Daryl Gurney performance. He's six and a half, averaging around 92. That's not good. That's just nothing coming back at him for me. Yeah. Yeah. But the um, fact that you throw it at locally, you'd be well happy, but you throw it on stage. Like, even Gurney must have been frustrated with what he was actually doing. It was just simple. He was playing for nothing. It was like, yeah, I'll just keep taking what's coming my way. Like, the misses from Ran Gerwin, his doubling percentage just wasn't there. His scoring didn't look as consistent as it did the night before. We literally sat there and said, these are the darts. Yes, this is the way he needs to go. And they, they look like a completely different man and machine on stage again. Yeah, let's be honest. We've got our little WhatsApp chat. And when Gary got absolutely pumped, we all thought he was in big trouble, didn't we? Yeah, the start of the night, I think it was inconceivable that Gary didn't come through. But... The manner in way it happened, I thought, oh no, he's in big trouble here. But oh no, hundred percent, he wasn't hundred percent. I, 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 well, do you say he was it? But and he and he was, but like at the same time, right? Like when you get pumped, like you like he did. To be fair, there's no doubt about that. But remember, of course, at the same time that there was obviously the injury that we have to 
caveat by. But at the same time, when a bloke's throwing 107, uh, nearly 108 against you in the game where he has to win, I mean, first of all, that takes some stones. That's what we have to say. And secondly, more importantly, you've just got to go and shake the blokes hand there and say, you know what, fair play, you, you, you did a job on me there. And I, I, was, I was very, very worried about Gary Anderson after that result because of the fact that he, his leg difference, the way that it would have worked normally is the fact that Michael Van Gerwen and Nathan Aspinall would have got over him in terms of leg difference because of who they were playing, you'd have thought potentially, if they're going to go and win the game. Obviously, Nathan Aspinall only had to win by one leg in order to qualify in that scenario. So, by the way, I'm so glad the abacus didn't have to come out, by the way, gents. The amount of oh, yeah. calculations. <laughs> My goodness gracious me. Uh, literally, I'm sitting there all day on Friday trying to sort out like what all sorts of permutations. And in the end, it doesn't matter one iota. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was a very, very strange evening of that. And I think when Van Gerwen crashed out, I think it then I, I honestly think that that allowed Aspinall to have that to, to basically have that monkey up his back because he didn't have to win by a certain scoreline. It's the same way with Gezi. You don't have to win by a certain scoreline if you're going price. You just have to win. I think that sort of really let Aspinall free. And at the same time as well, uh, PB, for Duzzer, the fact he's walking on as league champion without having to pick up a dart is, again, relaxing for We can just go and do what we can just do what he likes in that sense. Yeah, exactly. We'll come on to that in a minute. But game number three, Peter Wright, again, fairly comfortable against Michael Smith close early on. But I think 7-2, Peter let his, let his foot off the gas, let Michael back into it. But always going to get over the line with just one leg needed. And Peter Wright, second in the table and fairly comfortable in the end. Yeah, I, th- I think he started to play or was definitely performing at a level night in, night out that was probably the best in the bubble. We got excited about Glenn possibly being the best player in the world because he was getting results when he wasn't playing well. He was still grinding out results. He still made his way to those seven alls that he needed, didn't he? So we got excited about how difficult Glenn was to beat. Peter Wright was playing at an exceptional level but was losing matches to opponents that were matching it. Um, he just looked very, very good. His grouping is fantastic of the dart. Um, I think his, his rhythm can upset a few people. He isn't the fastest player in the world. Uh, some of his combination checkouts are right up there with the very best in the world. Um, he's the world champion for a reason. And he, he just looks very, very good, very calm, very confident on stage. Had a little bit of a wobble, perhaps just after the Masters. And other than that, he, he's been fantastic ever since he picked up that that title at Ali Pali. Yeah, look, he's world champ. For some reason, I just love Peter as a guy. I just can't get excited about him as a dart player. He's one of them. Let's be fair, everyone has one of those players. I think everyone has one of those players that you can't get excited about. And sadly, Peter's mine. Amazing player, but I like a Maverick. I like an MVG. I like a Gezi Price. I like a Michael Smith. But in, the same, but in the same way then, really, can you not get excited about Duzzer as a darts player? Because he just, because yeah, he's quite slow, methodical. Yeah, he is. But I, for some reason, I I could watch Duzzer all day long. I know it's weird. It makes no sense <laughs> whatsoever. But Oh, I love that. I, think, I love that. I, think, mate, I, I love the honesty, Pete. I, I do. I'll be honest. 
I think it's because, right, Glenn doesn't pretend to be something on stage he's not. Where when you get to know Peter backstage, the snake bite character just isn't Peter. It's it's the character that's been made for him. And Daniel, yeah. he performs it amazingly. But that's not Peter Wright. That's not Peter Wright that I've got to know and everything like that. So I think I find it hard to adjust between the two. But in the same way, though, right, though, and, and this, again, this isn't me having a, a, a dig at Duzzer. It feels like I am a, 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 an old co-host of ours on another show, Gob, against Peter Wright at this moment in time. <laughs> but <laughs> my, my, my point about Duzzer, you, you know exactly who I'm talking about. He's not watching tonight, so I won't give a name check. But um, look, my argument with Gladys is the fact that like, when you meet him backstage, he is an absolutely brilliant bloke, and I'm not going to say that at the same time. But you could say there's a lot more confidence in there when he's not speaking to you as a media Phil, he's very, oh, I'm just very playing my game, very lucky to be playing against the best players in the world and blah, 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 blah. But when he's, when he's not in front of the cameras, he will just, he will say, I am the best player in the world. I'm the best player here. Tell us that, Glenn. Yeah, Tell I'm us, not... get us excited, man. Get us excited. Yeah, they, they, all, they all play the game, don't they, in terms of what they say and what they don't. And every now and then they forget to toe the line. And like Vincent, we're going to bulldoze the Winter Gardens from nowhere. <laughs> we're bloody not Winston we're bloody Vincent's not Winston's never towed the line let's post- be fair has he <laughs> no no, the day, Vincent no the, line. The, day, the day that Vincent tows the line we do have a problem with, with the world of darts let's be honest yeah. about it now and then <laughs> the last game on again like we said it was Nathan Aspinall against Glenn Durrant Glenn already league leader league champion 25 grand better off and only the third man to ever top the Premier League league standings, which is an incredible achievement. Only Phil Taylor, Michael Van Gleren, mm-hmm. and now Glenn Durrant has done that. So I think the pressure was off. He won't make it in the PDC, though, Phil. No, no he won't make it in the PDC. He's saying that. He still averaged a ton. So he didn't play that badly. Yeah, I just it's, think it's a very tight times, performance. He's... Yeah. At key times, Nathan took out some whoppers. Let's be honest, the 170, the 124... Nathan Aspinall did to Glenn, Glenn what Glenn's done to everybody else in the Premier League all season. Every single time he missed, Nathan Aspinall was there to mop up, wrap up and take out any little crumb of a chance of a finish that Glenn left him. As Wayne Marlowe was said, uh, uh, timing, lads. Yes, but all I'll say is that can we now can we get start a petition going here? And I appreciate Colin George Lloyd won one on the 170, but can we just basically call can we basically now instead of calling it the big fish, can we call it the Nathan Aspinall now, the 170 checkout? Because that's all he ever sees. The big the, the, he sees to hit the big fish so regularly now. I, I absolutely love it. And I think I, I think that that game in particular meant so much to Nathan. Although I, I'm I'm gonna say it, Phil. I've said it in the WhatsApp chat and I'll say it now. He's wrong by saying it's his biggest achievement, you know, that it's his biggest night of his career. <laughs> winning a UK Open, winning a major, hashtag what's a major is more important than making the Premier League semi final of an unranked glorified expo. Sorry, that's what Sadly, it, John, you, you can't call it. You've got to call it for what it is. You're in the minority here, but even the players, the Premier League is the third biggest tournament on the calendar. Unfortunately, and they're the players wrong. See it. I, I, I hate. And the, the players yeah, here, look. and we see that we see that in the rankings. Players lower down that are on the fringes of the Premier League every year around September October sell their soul to try and get a Premier League place. They don't sell their soul the to get a European spot. 
but the UK Open is what it is the biggest. It was the third biggest major in the sport, potentially the fourth behind the World Grand Prix because of the way that you know with a double in double out start off. It's just how it works. You know my you know my opinions, Mister Bars. I cannot have an unranked event, an unranked glorified expo, uh, uh, basically above a ranked major, one of the toughest tournaments to win because it's an open uh, because it's an open draw. You know that. Right, here's some points. One, there's no such thing. They're all just televised titles. Rule number one. You've been, you, you've been hanging right. around. You've been, you've been hanging around the gap for too long. You've been hanging around Mr. Hearn. Rule number two. If Barry's wrong, please refer uh, back to rule number one that Barry is always right. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been hanging, you've been hanging around with Mr. Hearn far too long. You have, mate. Uh, mm. we, know, we know that Bazza is always right. So, everyone, yes, we can see fine. the table in front of us. Glenn Durrant tops the table. Peter Wright second. Nathan Aspinall third. And Gary Anderson is fourth. Gerwin Price fifth. Michael Van Gerwen sixth. Yes, I did say Michael Van Gerwen sixth. Um, Michael Smith seventh. Daryl Gurney eighth. And Rob Cross finished ninth, eliminated on judgment night. Right, gents, before we come on to the final four, which we will talk about in a minute, I think we need to talk about this man here. So, mm. he's had a wobble. Um, it is a wobble because it's at times we saw some majestic stuff still. In between all the garbage, there was some decent stuff. So, for me, the action isn't the issue. I think it's, it's his head for me. And it's not a wobble thing. We he was think... playing at my level. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, a 58 <laughs> average in your scoring phase and the occasional 14 data out of nowhere is not a wobble. Uh, look, do we think? Look, That's a look, 25-year-old former student that's never been good enough to play county. <laughs> uh, University national champion, by the way, but never been good enough to play county. It's, uh, it's not wobble, mate. Think? There's something significantly wrong with with Michael at the minute. It's, it's his head. Uh, I'm uh, telling you, old faithfuls are going to come out the draw. Well, then it's not his head, is it? It's the equipment. Well, no. If he's, he's getting he's old faithfuls out, it's not his head. It is because I think he's always thinking in the back of the head. When he starts missing, I'd have hit this with Old Faithful. The UK Open showed it's not the equipment that's the issue. Because he's won in Jarvis. Why, why is he going to change back then? Why is he going to change back then? Because the performance, there. not the final night, but the night before showed it's not the equipment. It's his head. 100% for me. Right. It's, he's just overthinking things. Right, I've listened to you two, Bicker. Here's the deal. Right, Michael Van Gerwen has had a significant problem probably since the World Championship final. In fact, actually, I'm going to go further back than that, since probably the World Championships. He didn't have to play anybody. I think it was before that. I told you it was a crisis last year. 
Oh, yeah, that big of a crisis that he won the World Grand Prix, he won the Champions League of Darts, he went on and won the World <laughs> Series finals, missed out on the Grand Slam in the semi final, then won the Players' Championship finals against Gary Price in a classic and made the World Championship final. That much of a crisis. You need to get out more. I can't remember all that. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> right. So, so there's, there's a kickoff, right? <laughs> He didn't have to play anybody particularly great in the World Championships. I'm sorry, you know, adding anybody here, but he didn't. Let's be honest. He, he, didn't, he wasn't challenged probably until the semi-final when Nathan Aspel took three sets off him. He then goes into a World Championship final in his last game with those, new, with those old darts, and he didn't play badly. People said that Peter Wright controlled the final. No, he didn't. He had chances to win, I think, every single one of those, about five of those sets, Phil. Memory says me correctly? Yeah. Yeah, and it's so, five so he darts play... to go three-two up. Yeah, so if he goes ahead, probably with having a different conversation, he would have been the first time he would have repeated as a final, uh, as a world champion. My biggest issue is this, is that he's obviously changed the manufacturer and he's not comfortable with them. We, we saw that, obviously, we, we saw that a little bit earlier on in Taylor's career initially when he moved over. My biggest issue is this, okay? I don't think he's settled on a set of darts yet. You talk about the UK Open. You know my thoughts on that weekend of the UK Open. Played brilliantly well for three games. Uh, four ga- you know, for, for the other two games, he played very good. The other game, he was extremely lucky. What I'd say is this, is that we haven't read... That was the, that's been the only real dominating performance, if you like, that we've seen from him. Every single time he's gone and won a tournament, he's only obviously won three this year. He's obviously got the UK Open and two uh, summer series cycles. Every time he's won those tournaments, you've had chances to get him. Now, we always say about you've got to try and get him in the first round, the second round, the third round, or whatever of a tournament. We don't know, you don't normally get those chances, do you? You don't normally get those chances to take out MVG, regardless of whatever round he's playing in. Yeah. So no, I, I agree. But that's my touching that, on what that, you said that's, about that's my, that's my concern. That's my concern that at the moment, even if you are still getting him in the third or fourth round, particularly of a pro tour, Simon Whitlock at the match play, saw in the Premier League, normally when he's playing back to back to back, day after day after day, he normally gets his gears going. That's what we see on the pro tour, we've seen on the Euro tour for, for years and years and years. I'm with Gob. This time, I do think it is a bit of more of a than just a wobble. I do think he is starting to verge on a crisis. But saying that, though, he will go and probably win through a four autumn series on next week and everything will be going, well, what the hell are we worried about? You, you touched on the equipment. I think that something will happen pretty much like it did with Lewis and Taylor, that Winmar will almost make an exact carbon copy. You think they did with Lewis and that's what he's pretty much thrown with now. And Taylor went back to those little black bombs that were almost an exact replica of the Unicorn Rosso dart. But it wouldn't yeah, surprise yeah, me if they've already been to the... It wouldn't surprise me if they've already been delivered to Holland as we speak. Um, but no. the world number one, I'm convinced the backlash is going to hurt and nothing will change my mind on that. But, my, Phil, before we get moving. before we get to talk about that, just very, very quickly, Phil. On that day, I, I'll be very interested to see what happens at, that, at the first Awesome Series on Saturday. Because if he can go and absolutely smash the field again, then I think there's going to be one hell of a backlash. I've always talked about, we always said about darts being peaking at the right moments. When he's got an autumn series, five of those, got World Series finals, okay, unranked. You got a World Grand Prix, Grand Slam, Players Champs, and then the Worlds. That's where you have to peak. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting something from Michael Van Gogh. He's not just going to go quietly into the night. So let's put it that way. He'll I'm peak, not. believe me. 
Um, <laughs> really? Right, guys, moving on to the... Yeah, right. He's a bully on the dartboard. Bullies rely on fear. People are not scared of Michael Van Gerwen anymore. That's it. Ah, it's, it's as simple as that. No. I'm not denying the man's talent, but the amount of times we've looked at him and gone, you needed that really early in the game to get ahead of him because now it's inevitable. That's built on fear. That that doesn't exist at the minute. The rest of the Premier League were not scared of playing Marco Van Gerwen over the last two weeks. At Apart all. Rob Cross. Well, he wasn't there. <laughs> right, guys, before before we come on to the final four, uh, Gob, Robert would like a shout-out, please, because he, he says, are you ordering Domino's? I'm not ordering um, Domino's this week. I've already eaten and he knows that. He watched me cook it. And also, Wayne, we will come on to your question about the top ten shortly. But first of all, we are going to address the final four of the Premier League. First of all, it is Duzzer, Glenn Durrant, top the table and will go to the 0-2 as the number one seed. I'm seeding them 1-2-3-4 on the order that they finished. So, okay. Duzzer will go as number one seed. Interesting, gents. How do we think? I think he needed the break as well because I think the tank was almost empty towards the end of the stint at Milton Keynes. I think the break will do does of the world of good heading towards Absolutely. the O2 or wherever it may be. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. I, I just think that yeah, I, I, the, the form did tail off a little bit. Um, he looked sharp to start with to constantly deliver performances of that level night in, night out is extremely difficult. He got the hard work done. That was the concentration that he required to get over the line. Yes, there were still a few personal little targets in there to maybe set the record of, of points or anything like that, but he made it. He's comfortable. Time to recharge. Like, there's no easy games on in the Premier League. There's no, there's not many easy games on the Pro Tour, but there is a level to it, right? When you're constantly having to go out, that is that mentally taxing, especially the way that Duzzer plays the game. His game is built on his concentration. If you, if you break his concentration, you lose a bit of rhythm, lose a bit of that fight, right? His game is built on that concentration, which if you're going to do that night in, night out against the best players in the world where every single dart matters, that's incredibly difficult to do. And I, I think he just ran out of steam just a little bit. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, think the stats don't lie. The last two as nights, it, it, his first start was yeah, sorry. all the time as well. And I think that's the key. Yeah, yeah the stats... The stats don't lie in this one. Look, he, he, he got one win out of his last six. I think he'd done so much work to try and get over the line in terms of in, in terms of getting to just to judgment night because that was his initial target. And then he, when he was that close to the top four, when he basically got to that stage, I don't know whether he just thought, okay, I, I've, I've got it wrapped up. I don't know. But the stats don't lie. One win in six is not great to get over the line in terms of the Premier League. But... End of the day, and I'm not just saying this because he said he's going to be watching. So good evening, Glenn. Hope you're all good. Uh, and good evening as well to Luke Woodhouse as well, who said he was going to be tweeting us in saying uh, that uh, he'd be watching. Um, but Glenn being the number one seed, he's been the best player all, all Premier League. There's no doubt about that. And a uh, fully deserved £25,000 in the skyrocket. Number two seed is the world champion, State by Peter Wright. And I fully expect by the time he gets to the O2, he's playing with a different dart, probably a stumpy 29 gram or something like that. Um, <laughs> as long as he doesn't bring, as, as, 
As long as he doesn't bring back the springy dart, I don't really care. Anything else is fine. <laughs> you love them points. You love them. Oh, my. oh, love them, mate. They're I'll my favourite I'll thing. buy you a set for your birthday. Thanks, buddy. Um, Cheers. Head, heading into the finals, is Peter the danger man? Yeah. He's not the danger Absolutely. man. He's the favourite, in my opinion. Yeah, totally agree, Gob. <laughs> he's been there before. He's he's been there. He's done that on a PDC stage before. He's got more experience, more titles than well, maybe not Gary, but I think he's carrying the better form. Um, he's just on a roll. He, he's he's learned how to win ugly, which which is a great trait to have. Yes, he, he got a little bit lucky at the Worlds in in perhaps an earlier round, um, but once you get over that, you need that to win any title. But once you get over that. To just continue at the level that Peter's been at for the last two, three years on stage with time to prepare for it. I think the only worry that Peter's got is the short to turnaround because he'll play second and then the final. But even still, he's been there, he's done that, Euro tours and, and the like. So I, I don't see it being an issue for him. He just has to be in the right frame of mind mentally. Yeah, totally agree. I think the, the, the key here for, for me about Peter is the fact that he's won four straight games going into the Premier League, uh, go, you know, into the final week of the Premier League, if you like. And and the thing as well is the fact that, like, he averaged over 100 in nearest down at most of his games in that second phase, of the, uh, second phase of the tournament. He just looked brilliant. And he lost games that he shouldn't have lost because he was playing brilliantly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you, PB. I think he is a danger man. I really do. Favourite. From there, the Asp, Nathan Aspinall, we all saw what it meant to the young man from Stockport, as he called it, six world, six world titles and a lad from Stockport heading towards the O2. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, uh, look, Nathan has been sensational, but at times I think he wants it too much. And a couple of, there was a couple of wobbles where he put too much pressure on himself to to go and get to the finals. Look, now he's there. Again, a huge danger because he is an absolute power scorer at, at times when he gets it right up there. But do we think the Asp can get the job done? I don't, I don't think so. I think, A, he's playing Peter first, which is a difficult enough assignment as it is. But to play back-to-back, -back, I, I don't see him being able to produced two performances that good on the same evening um, over, over that distance. I think he's quality. I think he is a bit of a juggernaut. If he gets that in front of you, there's the opportunity. But we've seen in the past when it really means something to Nathan, he tends to struggle to put a performance in. You saw it when he made, when he was a contender last year. Wasn't the greatest performance we're ever going to see from Nathan Aspinall. Again, every night that it mattered, apart from the final night where he, he did beat Glenn, he put a little bit too much on him at times. Like you said, and I think that just gets to his game. If he gets out early ahead of Peter Wright and can just keep him at arm's length, won't panic about Peter coming back at him, can score to the same level and will take out one or two 140-plus checkouts like he can over that distance that will snatch him a leg out of the jaws of, of Peter Wright's hand then he's got every chance. But I just think there's a lot of factors that he has to get absolutely bang on on the night. And I think Peter's just got that much more experience now 
going through the motions of these events that I think Peter will will knock him out in the semis. There's no doubt in my mind, right, that Asp is the fourth favourite going into this. Yeah, well, we all we all agreed on this, probably. Asp is probably fourth favourite mm. in the Premier League. I mean, I think no, the book, I, in four, terms of four. the bookies, he will be because because but the bookies yes. price on names as well. Yeah, but but, but but what I'm saying is that the book. No, I, what I'm saying, Phil, is the fact that yes, the book. This is what I'm saying. The bookies are saying that he's the fourth favorite. I'm not suggesting oh, yeah, he might book, be yeah, because book, we, yeah, we haven't got we have, yeah, bookies, we, book, yeah, yeah, we haven't bookies got, got him as fourth favorite. Yeah. So my point is, is that when he won his UK Open, probably he was more than now, damn it, because obviously he had Gerwin Price in a semi-final straight off the bat. Uh, Rob Cross and Michael Smith, who were playing brilliant darts. Michael Smith probably might have been fourth favorite that weekend because he couldn't bloody walk. But he was still probably the fourth favourite going into that event. That is where he's most dangerous, when he's got absolutely nothing to lose. And this is where he doesn't have anything to lose. Because the pressure will be on Peter Wright and Gary Anderson. Maybe not necessarily Gary, but Peter in particular, because he hasn't qualified finals that that many times. World champion, in form, he will be under pressure probably to perform. Glenn Doran obviously will be, you know, there's no doubt he will definitely be in there as well because he is, because he's the, because he's number one seed. Nathan, even though he finishes third, this is where he excels. No one expected him to win the UK Open. No one expected him to beat a Gerwin Price that had won nearly 20 games on television, 20 games of darts straight in a row. But he did it in a classic and then beat a knackered Rob Cross in the final. But... I think that he's got half a chance here. I, I'm not suggesting that, you know, over Peter, it's a difficult shot, but don't write him off because when he's when he's back against the wall and when he's got absolutely nothing to prove, the Asp is dangerous. Very dangerous. I agree. However, for me, heading into finals night, here is the jack-in-the-box. It is the flying stuff Gary Anderson. Got it. We all we we we've seen from nowhere he can rock up and he'll just go and absolutely batter the board from nowhere. Is it is he the bookie's favourite? No. But he's the one that if you're gonna have an outside punt, I just think that at the click of a finger, special things could happen from Gary's right hand. We saw I'll glimpses. let Gov go on this one because <sighs> I'll let Gob go on this one because that way then he can whack. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Gob go on this one because he can wax lyrical about his boy. <laughs> I'm not going to. I just really don't get me wrong. He is class. He is arguably my favourite player of all time. I just think when he's on it, it's absolutely glorious to watch. He can deliver performances from absolutely nowhere when he's carrying no form. But I think. The reason that Gary's looked so good this week is he's played night in, night out. He hasn't had a choice but to play darts. And even then, he might have been on the practice board for half an hour, an hour during the day, either side, who knows, probably not because it's Gary, but you'd like to be optimistic and think so. Just pulled out the Autumn Series and the World Series. He's literally not going to play another competitive Whoa. game of darts Whoa, until... We'll come on to that shortly. My <laughs> 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 bad. <laughs> well, it's been on Twitter all day anyway, but you know. <laughs> Hang on, though, God. Transition it in nicely. Though. Yeah, he's not going to play another competitive yeah, game of darts until this Premier League semi-final. Grand he Prix. paid himself into form, and this gap is going to keep him out of it. 
Well, the Grand Prix coming up. That's a good opportunity to play yourself into it. What's the date again? Six <laughs> 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 to twelve October. Ten days before finals night, lad. Come on now. Close enough. But the point still stands. I think no. that the Grand Prix is such a different animal to a normal game of darts. The double in is a completely different animal. That's why we've seen so many left field winners over the last couple of years or finalists that I just don't see that giving him the match practice he needs to go and win a best of 21. Yeah, best of, yep. Yeah, best of of 19 first up and then best of 21. Best of 19. I just don't see that being the match practice he needs to go and win a best of 19 against the player that me and Phil currently think is the best player in the world. Right, gents. I speak. I'm a big Right. We have our final four. You know what's coming next, gentlemen, don't we? From this final Mm. four... Who lifts the Premier League trophy? Got it. And Got it. we'll start with <laughs> semi-final number one. It is Glenn Durant against Gary Anderson. You know where my one is Go. going anyway. Gary. <laughs> Wrong. Glenn beats Gary. So, you have your first you, five list. Sorry, uh, sorry, Phil. You've just talked about like how special things can happen on that board, and you're going to go back against your boy. Yeah, because of, because the lack of match practice, he's played himself into form. I've just explained the Grand Prix is completely different. That's if you might as well go and play soft tip for a week to get ready for it. You might as well go and play soft tip for a week to get ready for the for that instead of playing the Grand Prix. Look, I said I said Gary's the jack in the box because we don't know what can happen. Yeah. But consistency wise, favours Glenn a hundred percent. There's no doubt in my yeah. mind that consistency wise, Glenn. But at the click of a fingers, Gary could go and reel off legs. But yeah. God, if Gary comes I'm out averaging 108 for the first seven or eight legs, then I think Glenn is in trouble because he has to score well and he has to finish very well to stay in touch. But if, if he doesn't, uh, could be in trouble. Fair enough. But I just think that Gary's doubling is so hit and miss as well. That's been the biggest improvement in his performance over the week, by the way. The consistency of his finish. And those opening two nights, seven from eight the first night, one from eight the following night. And after that, he's been very, very steady on the outer ring. Yeah? He will lose that sharpness by not playing, despite the fact the Grand Prix is doubling to start. That that's completely different. Then you're chasing legs if you're struggling. So, Jar, for you, are you still going, Gary or Glenn? Gary, I, I, the only player that I, I there's only two players that I could potentially back Gary against. One of them is a is a green machine. One of them maybe in the next semi final. Uh, but uh, Gary, for me, it's not anything personal or anything like that. I I just think that Gary. It all depends, really. Again, and this is the thing. I, I want to. Re- might will have to revisit my pick in, in in a month's time after the Grand Prix, because I've got a funny feeling that no. we might see. I'm just saying we might see a new winner of the Neck World Grand Prix. Neck on the line Prix. now, mate. 
Well, neck on the line now, Gary. You can't. You, you, you can't ever. Uh, I can't back against Gary. I'm going Duzza to beat Gary in a tight one. 10-8 to Glenn Durrant booking his place in the Premier League final. Second semi-final. Get ready for fireworks because I don't think any of us are going to agree on this one. It is Peter Wright against Nathan Aspinall. Jar, you're first on this one. Gold went first on the last one. Which snake is going to win? The bite or the asp? We have a we do have a debutant in the Premier League final. Nathan Aspinall beats Peter Wright. <laughs> Gob, Matt, Jar smoking something funny tonight. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you the reason. I tell you the reason why. Okay, is because as I said to you before, I appreciate he's playing snaky, but when his back's against the wall, Nathan Aspinall does bits. Gob. When he's backed against the wall, when he's not, when he's not being put under, you know, when he's not the favourite or anything like that, he, he's back. He, when he's backed against the wall, he does it, and I think he will. I think he will beat Snakebite. And Gob's gone because he's that depressed. Oh no, he's back now. <laughs> so I'm guessing from that Gob, you're going for Snakebite to win. Yeah, Snakebite's the class operator in the field for me. I just think he's consistently. At a level above a ton at the minute. As you can see, Gob's internet is horrendous, so I'll step in that. Or is he back? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's back. Yeah, he is back. Hello. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think Snakey is the class operator in the field. I think he's the current world champion for a reason. Um, He's ridden his luck a couple of times throughout the year, but other than that, he hasn't really played badly. If he's lost, it's been because an opponent has, has delivered an exceptional game. And I just think that that puts so much pressure on your opponent that you have to go out and do something special just to even get close to him on a dartboard is ridiculous. I mean, um, I mean, I mean Gavin Price so in Dublin didn't particularly... But I must say, Gavin Price in Dublin didn't particularly have to play that well when he's when he's averaging eighty nine. When things that's coming back at him. Right. I'm, again, again, he, I'm, he, can't, I'm, he can't deal with my stats, Phil. He can't deal with my stats. That's what it is. To be fair, <laughs> I'm I'm siding. I'm siding with Jar. I think Nathan National beats Peter Wright. I knew you. Were, I knew you were always great, Phil. I did know that. I just think that, look, Pete will be the favourite, but I just think we'll get a, an absolute humdinger of a finish from Nathan Aspinall somewhere in the semi-final to break the throw. And it'll only be one break ever had, does it. Have we ever had... Two in the final. Obviously, Puff. Yes. Uh, no. Only the first ever. We've never, had, we've never had two debutants in the final four, have we? Apart from the first one. Apart from the first one, yeah. So, moving on to the final, we've got split camps. But based on your predictions from the semi-final, who wins the 2020 Unibet Premier League? Gob. Peter Wright. 
it's the same prediction I made on the show last week and, and God knows elsewhere. I, I just think that, as I just said, he's the world champion for a reason. He is exceptional. He's been there and done it before on a PDC stage um, and is continuing to do so at a level above everybody else. I, I think Glenn's quality and Glenn will give him a solid final because he won't give up. He, he won't relent. He, he will chase after everything and he will put pressure on those legs that look a million miles away every single time. And he will pinch a couple of those because that's what Glenn does. But I just think that the consistent 180 hitting of, of Snakebite gives him that advantage. Um, and I just think that he's, he's they're both very, very good at, at combination finishes, but I just think Wright's tendency to nail a big one, uh, similar to Aspinall, just gives him that tiny little edge. Jar, for you, who wins the Premier League from your semi-final predictions? Gaudi. It's Gary. Always, always will be. Always will be Gary. So Gary's a three-time Premier League champion. For for Jonathan, yes. and Gary will and become a three-time Premier League champion. Yes, always. Gob's absolutely fuming because I think he just doesn't. I think he just wants it to happen so much. Well, from there, just... we've got three three predictions and three different winners because you know where I'm going, gentlemen. Yeah, does it? We do. I'm, I'm, I'm going Dazza to win his first PDC televised title to beat Snakebite in the final, like he did in the world match play. Over that format, tried you, and tested. I, I thought you'd gone for, I, I thought, I thought you'd gone for in the semi. Over Snakebite. Oh, sorry, I, I did, yeah. No, he beats Aspen on the same thing. <laughs> I was looking at the results on here. On my other screen, I've got the results up and I was looking at it. Um, either way, either way, I think Darren wins the final. Out of interest, though, out of interest, very, very quickly, Aspinall is the only player to beat Dazza twice in the league. Obviously, the only player to do it in Dublin, the only player to... Okay, all right. Okay. Um, So, there, right, everyone, that's the Premier League all touched on. We're just going to go through some questions in a minute. Um, Do you think the 22nd October final will go ahead? Um. Yeah, look, the, the, the final was going ahead on the 22nd of October. It's just a matter of where, guys. Um, I don't think it will be the O2, but it will go ahead. Um, Gary to win. Look, we wouldn't ride it out. Uh, top 10, we'll cover that at the end because that could get us talking. So, good question, but we will come on to the top 10 in a minute. Right, the other news that broke today. Big one. Gary Anderson has... Go on, mate. Yeah, I was just gonna, yeah, I was just gonna say very, very quickly. Big shout out to uh, Darren Hampton, obviously, who's, uh, who's who's joined us in there. He actually said the winner would come from the right Aspinall semi-final, but does 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 has done himself proud, uh, but will just come up short there. So that's an interesting one. But uh, big shout out there to Daz as well because he's I know that he's been uh, helping out and building a nice little thing for a, a very certain PDC player uh, over the last couple of days. So because he messaged me saying that uh, he's now built himself a new hockey and he's uh, he will win everything. I won't mention the I won't mention the player. <laughs> Um, but big shout out to you, Des. Right. So from there, the big news today has broken. Gary Anderson has withdrawn from the Autumn Series and the World Series finals due to concerns over travelling due to COVID at the moment. I fair to say we're not surprised, gentlemen, are we? No, not at all. I mean, you, you put him in the uh, the YouTube video that we did, didn't we, Phil? 
uh, that you did with him at the fishing, and he was uh, he was umming over there, yeah. really. And like, I, I mean, anybody who doesn't have a you know anybody who thinks it's just is wrong is is wrong themselves, really. End of the day, he wants to protect his family, and uh, and I don't think anybody will. Uh, Anybody will disagree with that. To be really honest, I think he's I think he's made the right decision. If that's you know, it, it's, it's totally his choice, and he's entitled to do that. Um, and I'm good to see that you know you don't have to worry about Wadey not being a seed anymore because he's gone up to being a seed now, and and uh, the Polish eagle is Justice. soaring to Austria. Justice for the other boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, wait, wait, Wadey goes to number eight seed. Christoph Ratajski comes in. Look, I think that was the obvious decisions. The, the only thing that does make me chuckle is the fact that Wade's a seed for the World Series final, yet he didn't have a World Series event. <laughs> Put Sherrick in there. Put Sherrick as a seed. Put Fallon as a seed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, no, look, look I, I, I think it, the PDC have made the logical choices there that it, it was the easy one. James Wade goes up. Ratajski, unlucky not to be in any way. So I think that was a fairly straightforward one, but the news broke this morning. Now, from there, this this is a fairly topical one as well. At the moment, it looks like the BDO is no more. We still haven't had official confirmation yet. We've all seen the stuff out on social media today, but it looks like it is now done. All counties have now gone across the seven, there were seven that the original vote stayed loyal. Gob, is that correct? Yeah, I but think the BDO made... announced nine, but two still hadn't had their AGM, so they, they jumped the gun a little bit with that. Um, there were seven definites that had committed to staying with the BDO through their, their AGMs, but um, in a social media post that I've seen today from, from Des, who was the Lincolnshire chairman, um, it stated that the seven that had agreed to stay have come together to make the decision that for for the benefit of um, grassroots arts as a whole and, and the structure that it's best if they were all under one banner. And it is a shame that it has come to this. The BDO has been an institution of, of grassroots and even professional darts um, since its inception. Um, but, I just think that too many bad things have happened um, over the last couple of years that no matter who tried to take it on, it, it was in trouble. I, I don't think we'll ever get the full story of everybody that's been involved running it and who's done what and who's made bad decisions, who's made good decisions. There'll be inquests and all the like. But I just think when there's been that many mishaps with it over the last few years, it was never going to be about who was in charge of it this year. It was always going to be about the fact that the name is tainted. The BDO over 100%. the last decade has been associated with Mickey taking pub darts and, and all the like on social media. We know full well that's not true, but unfortunately right. that is the perception of that organisation. Now they fell behind with social media and marketing. Their TV deal fell Um the Lakeside is a fantastic venue, but it, it wasn't doing the numbers and, and what it needed to. The move away from the O2 looked really positive, but I, I just think it was too little too late by then. It, it needed a big rebrand. You're not going to compete with the PDC now when it, it's time to 
consider other avenues to protect the future of grassroots arts in the UK? Yeah, no, agreed. Look, yeah. it's been mismanaged for over a decade. So although Des has covered himself in no glory whatsoever, it's not solely at his door. This is a complete mismanagement for over a decade. Um, but the other interesting well, news that's come out as well is that MAD and what is it, you? I want to keep calling it well, UCAD, but that's the drug UK testing agency. Where I've DA so much now, so they swapped the other way around. UK, UK, they were UK AD. Yeah, UK DA uh, are joining yeah. forces, which look, I think is a good thing because Steve Brown said from day one that I'm not really interested in the county scene. That can do itself. But the fact that they're joined together, I think is a huge positive move for amateur darts. It, it gives one another feeder opportunities. So, yes, the ultimate goal of, of any dark player that wants to take it seriously within the country will probably be to play in the PDC. And I think that has been the case, apart from some blind loyalty from a couple of players for the last five to ten years. Having those two on board with each other, UKDA will now manage... Uh, the county structure that is going to be, instead of the BICC, will be rebranded as the National League. They've already got sponsors on board. Um, their social media and professionalism has been exemplary over the last few weeks. It's exactly what you want from a new start with fresh ideas, fresh people on board and a fresh look. And I think that the opportunity to then, I think the downside of it before was that it had no professional tour. So the BDO had its affiliated events, a lot of county players went round on that tour and qualified for the BDO World Championships. Having these two hand in hand now means that there is a progression route that people can see and an affiliation that you can get from playing county that can build up your local ranking as it works, qualify you for the new mad majors and get you in as the new amateur world champion as, as that is their ultimate aim. They're not going to go and compete with the PDC. They're not going to have two professional world champions. They, work, they fully understand that MAD is for the amateur game and they will brand it doing so. And that will then provide opportunities for those players to progress to the PDC. It, it just looks like, with everything the PDC have in place at the same time, we have a very clear structure on all darts within the country moving forward. And it, I just can't see a downside at the minute. It, it just looks fresh, professional. Sponsors are going to want to get on board. I think that the right people are there now, especially with the likes of Steve Brown. I can see the mad events with the right connections that they've got, looking at TV deals and all sorts. And I, I just think that the fact that we haven't been playing darts for so long over lockdown, whilst it has been a massive, I'm not even sure of the word, because of COVID, that the opportunity for no darts we played in this politics to be sorted out on the side it, it, it came at the, the right time the other thing as well whilst we're talking on the amateur side of it here this isn't a good thing for the WDF either is it because the other two have formed their alliance and almost become more powerful than what the WDF are trying to do yeah but I just think the WDF plans sounded fantastic they are the world governing body I think that they needed to intervene a lot sooner and they needed to intervene with a clear plan a lot sooner and understand that they've been hampered by COVID and talks and discussions and that sort of thing. But at this point, now that MAD are there, 
I don't see the need for what the WDF are going to do. Just, you've already got Tri-Nations and their rankings for England nationals and all that sort of thing. There's going to be that many different ranking systems available for now WDF events to go to their world championships. It might get a little bit confusing at that point. I just think that... Oh, Cobb's left us, but if Mad very top of the one there. Oh, he's back. Was oh, he back there with there us? He's back. Yeah, he's joined us back. But, Jar, in the words of Rob Studd, there could be some rankers, mate. Some rankers that are going to be out there. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I have nowhere near the knowledge that Gob has when it comes to uh, the side of amateur darts. So at this point, I, I think it's best for me to just put my feet up and just <laughs> literally let him talk through everything. So, you know, look, I, I, it's a big moment for me. I'll be brutally honest. The BDO going is is just the best news. I'll be brutally honest, not necessarily because of everything around the, the organisation and not necessarily because of the World Championships, because the Women's Championships have been absolutely mint to watch over the last couple of years. Um, and so, to be fair, a couple of, you know, from about court finals onwards has been great to watch as well. But to have that new organisation heading it, where it's, it's not necessarily, uh, there's no real her- history there, there's no heritage onto it. But what it means is it's a fresh start. It means we don't have to worry about it. And I think this is probably the best day for darts. Um, well, not necessarily for darts. I think it's probably one of the best days for darts. And I think, like you say, it all started when, when Barry Hearn tried to buy the BDO and it didn't uh, and it didn't happen, you know? And I think if they had done, and if he had set up the amateur game, we would have been in a better position, you know, since the split. But it is what it is. And uh, long may it continue. Steve Brown, as we all know, is going to be absolutely mint at what he does. Simple as. Right, gents. First one, it's question time for everyone. First one, we were going to talk about this the in another part of it, but it's come up as a question, Gob, so we're going to touch on it. Premier League next year, contenders, do they stay or do they go? I think they go. Um, up until lockdown... I thought the concept was working really well. I thought it was doing what it wanted to do. I thought it had built on the previous years. I think Luke Humphrey's victory showed that they can get involved. They can go and pick up the wins. Um, I was a little bit disappointed that perhaps a couple of players had repeated the opportunity. I think that, yes, it's it's an invitational event, but I, I do think that if it was to continue, there had to be a bit of a fairer, clearer way of picking who was a contender. Um, But I think that it worked. It stayed in pretty well. But I just think that the top level, there's so many top level guys now as well, that top 16. There's players that have missed out, the likes of James Wade, the likes of Ian White, Dave Chisnell, that are in and around there now. You've got the debutants that are making inroads that aren't even in the top. With the likes of when when he got picked in so I just think that it takes away a place now from a player that's going to go and compete night in night out fairly against the rest where the results all tally up and matter and it had a good run and up until lockdown I think that the Dutch boys and Chris Doby would have put in far better performances in front of their home crowds and it would have stayed but I think lockdown has, has put an end to it um and I think that next year that they find a way to to move it along um, and we go back to a normal Premier League. If we see anything similar to it, it'll be like a Premier League 2, 
Um, but I, I don't think we'll see contenders return next year. My, my issue is I think it needs something then. If there's not going to be the contenders, 16 weeks of the same 10 gets boring as fuck. That's, that, I'm just putting it out there. It, it, it gets boring. Tell us how you really feel. I just think it gets stale. I'm not going to hide the fact. I think for the first nine weeks, the contenders bring something because there's a story to tell every week. And working in media like we do, we're here to tell the stories. And I just think that if so, we're telling the first nine week stories, that after that, it's, it's just repeat. So I, if they are going to get rid of them, I, I'd like to see something else. So I think then this is what we do. I think, much like Gobby says, we have a Premier League two. Eight players in the normal Premier League and it is basically just a 16-week straight knockout. That's what we get. It is a draw. Maybe it's, I don't know, nine, 9.32 in the rankings or 9.24 in the rankings. I don't know, whatever you, wherever you want to put it, or 9.25 or however it is. And it's a straight knockout every single week. Quarter, you know, brackets, 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 all the way down to the brackets. And then if you win that tournament, and as well, tournament happens on finals night, final on the final night as well. And if you win that tournament, you get a Premier League place next year. I think it would yeah, work, look, there's no, personally. There's, there's, no, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. Rach has just asked us on um, YouTube, what would you like to see instead of the contenders? The issue is I don't know, but I just need, I just need something other than just straight 10 for 16 weeks, it, in my opinion. But, the, um, whilst but, then, but then obviously strong. you lose two, don't you? We, lo- we lose two, don't we, on Judgment Night? That's what's going to happen. We will lose two, though, if we go for a straight 10 on Judgment Night. We will lose one. So we'll lose two at least. So at least there's that aspect of it. Um, yeah, look, it, it's an interesting topic. At the end of the day, what Sky and Barry want will happen. At the end of the day, we've always, um, we, we, we told we've told the uh, we've told the audience the rules, haven't we? Rule number one: <laughs> Barry is always right. Um, whilst we're on um, the Premier League for next year, there's a couple of questions. First out, big shout to Birdie Boy joining us from Kentucky. Boys, we've headed over to the pond. We've got some American viewers. So, hi, Birdie Boy. And your question, what does Good to see you, good to see you, Birdie Boy. Premier League? Not just a contender, and we'll come on to that in a second, but then a couple of others have answered it, that she's not a tour card holder. She needs to meet a major final and get a tour card. Right, I'm going to say this. I'm going to release this now because it's done and dusted. Sky wanted to give Fallon an automatic one of their picks. So, yeah. to start with, she doesn't have to have a tour card or reach a major final. Um, Sky can pick who they want, pretty much. Um, so, look, I'd like to see a ladies' Premier League anyway. I think there's six ladies that are good enough to run in conjunction with the men's Premier League, where you have one ladies' game a night. Look, it probably won't happen, but that's just I'd like to see it. Um, so, in relation to what you, what you guys have asked, Birdie Boy and everyone else, that if the PDC and Sky want Fallon in, regardless of whether she's a tour card holder, they'll put her in. Do, do we agree, guys? 
No, I, I don't. I, I, the only way that she goes in is she gets a tour card. I appreciate Sky and all that sort of stuff will want who they like, but in my opinion, there's only one way she gets in, and that's if she gets a tour card. If she gets a tour card, then she'll be in as often as anything. So you know that's that's how it will work. Simple as. Yeah, no. I I just think that if if they want her in, they'll 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 put her in. And let's be fair. A TV record isn't bad, is it? <laughs> yeah. Steady. That's a very good point. Yes, decent. <laughs> Drawing. She, 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 she took points off the she took points off the current Premier League of the of this year's league champion. Yes. Um, right. This is coming up quite a lot. Who do we think will top the autumn series order of merit, and who will come out of the pack for the autumn series? Whilst you're having a quick think. Uh, Philip, I don't know when the entry list will be out, but I'm guessing somewhere around Wednesday, Thursday time, or when the PDC decide to publish it. So, guys, um, who do we think is going to have good runs and top the order of merit, X, Y, and Z? Do you want to be really honest? Michael Van Gerwen. This is the moment for him. With old, he will come out and he will... With Old Faithful? Yeah. Or... Yes. Yes. Marco Van Gogh with Old Faithfuls will top the Premier League. Oh, sorry, we'll not top the Premier League. Definitely won't top the Premier League. But he will top the Autumn Series Order of Merit, I think. And he'll definitely get a Grand Slam place that he already hasn't got. <laughs> now, I'd... Uh... I'm not sure it's any of the Premier League boys. I, I think that, yes, they're, they're carrying good form, but I, I like the look still of Christopher Tyski, of Gabriel Clemens. I just think that their time will come. These boys have played night in, night out solidly. They've then got to go away and do that again. Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking after the big invite pick up today as well, I'm expecting big things from Christoph. I'm going with a Polish eagle. Mm. Rogue pick. I don't know so much rogue. And again, this might be my heart ruling my head here. But I think Dove's going to have a good five days. After The thing, the thing about... Sorry, Phil. The thing about Dove's that he doesn't have to have as good a, a, a five days, I don't think, to get into the top... 16 on the World Series on the World Grand Prix race this year, does he? He doesn't have to do that in my in my opinion. So because of that, I think he 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 doesn't have that pressure on him like he did at the Summer Series. So I, but you know what? It'd be nice to see. I reckon you know Michael Smith might might be due a run as well at some stage. You know, see Buddy Boy get a bit of a yeah, run. Uh, yeah, I can I can see Michael Smith doing bits, and also whilst we're talking about this, the race for the Grand Prix is slightly interesting. Shall we say? Very. Um, at the moment, Dove's just outside the Grand Prix on count back from Devin Peterson, both on 13 grand. Johnny Clayton, 13 and a half. That's another one. I think the ferret will do bits over in Germany. Good on the on the floor. Can I just say very very quickly? We just had a comment on the yeah. YouTube uh, on YouTube uh, from uh, from Patrick, uh, one of our uh, Dutch uh, one of our Dutch correspondents over there. He's just said, Jonathan, love it. Jose de Sousa to win to win the Awesome Series Order of Merit. 
Yes, I'm here for Jose. I'm here for a Jose de Sousa fantastic autumn series. I love it. <laughs> I tell on whilst we're talking about the race for, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna, the race for Dublin. I'm calling it Dublin. It's not. I can't call it the race to commentary. I'm not having it. The race to Dublin. <laughs> Jeffrey Je, Jeffrey Dijon's got some issues here. He's in 12, 14 and a half grand. He's got some issues because the Black Cobra has got no good, form whatsoever at the moment. But the good, but a good day puts you in. That's the thing. A good day for him, and that's it. He's up to that twenty grand. I think anybody now at this moment in time, we're looking at the race here. By the way, viewers and listeners, uh, Ryan Joyce currently on twenty thousand pounds. He's number four. Anybody below that, I think, has got to you know have a you know maybe reach a fine, a board fine or something like that in order to probably get through to the World Grand Prix. If he gets a, a final or anything like that, or a semi-final, I reckon he goes in. But that's the thing. He, he, the fact that you're in that position of getting in there, you're already in the building. You're not trying to force yourself getting into those positions. I think it slightly helps him because he knows if I have one good day, that'll get me to that'll get me to Coventry slash Dublin. I tell you, Jeff Smith as well, twelve and a half grand on his debut oh, year. His pro tour form is decent. And Martin Clearmacher as well. See, yeah, hundred percent. Oh, to be fair, I think as you can go down to Simon Whitlock area of nine and a half grand. Uh, yeah. all still in play for, for me. I think Jason Lowe. Oh, Jason Lowe. I know. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna go even lower than that because it's back to back. I reckon as far down as Mike Decker in 38 on eight grand, you you still got a half decent chance of gate crashing, depending on what people do above you. But like you say, one one good day, argument's sake, from Mike Decker on 38 on eight grand, get to a final, and then all of a sudden you're back level and you're up there. Well, I mean, Gob, you called Jason, no, didn't you, a while back, saying that he would be do- doing bits. Yeah, steady chucker. If, if he goes deep in a pro tour, or just consistently make three quarterfinals, you're there. I'm not saying quarterfinals are you click your fingers and suddenly you appear in one, but you're steady enough to go and do that. I just think that lockdown means, and, and the way the season has gone so far, means that there are players that are carrying absolutely no form that are there for the taking. I agree with Phil on Jeffrey Deswan. Um, we haven't seen a lot of uh, who else is there. I see that Kim, Kim Hybrex had put together quite a big practice group last week though. Um, him, Martin Claymacher, uh, Yella Klassen um, and a few other guys from in and around that area. They got together for a week and put some serious practice in. Um, that looked like a pretty good idea to me because they've all got some defending to do yep. or some, some movements to be made. Big one for me is Steve Beaton. Stevie B is in danger of missing out on the Grand Prix. Huge danger. Yeah, agreed. Um, the one looking at it, just for pure entertainment, I'd love Vincent to get there again. Just <laughs> <laughs> a few lines well, on his interviews ball- and we'll be done again. But, hey, do you think he'll just bulldoze the uh, Coventry or bulldoze the Rico? I'd just bulldoze anything. Um, whilst we're <laughs> talking about order of merit... Uh, Another good question coming in. Uh, let me find it because it was a bit further up, but I wanted to answer it from Wayne. 
Who do we think the top ten in the world is going to be in a year's time? Oh, oh God. Jesus. Is this going to be the last question? Because this is going to take about 15 years to figure out. Ah. <laughs> it's a good question, though. I like it. Okay, right. do you want to go first, then? Let's, I, I don't let, mind. Let, let's, let's see who we think the 10 will be, but in no particular order. Because trying to put it in orders, like trying to pick lottery numbers. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, right. I, I'll do. You, I'll go first in my top ten. I don't mind. I've got the I've got the rankings up in front of me. So uh, so we'll go from that. I'm going to go off uh, off the tour card race for this year. So obviously money falling off and etc cetera, etc. Cetera, and I will go from there. Does that sound fair enough? I'm just so, do, do what you want. I'm just going to go. I'm just going right, completely random. Right okay. So. Top three currently will definitely be in the top three. Uh, Mark uh, Mike Van Gaman obviously will be number one. Uh, Peter Wright will be number two. Gavin Price will be number three. Uh, I'm going to go Michael Smith to go up to what well, it will be in there. I'm going to say Asp stays there as well. Christopher Tyski will be in this. That's six. Glenn Durrant will be in there as well. That will be seven. Rob Cross will just about stay in there. That'll be eight. Oof. Uh, then we are. Jimmy Vandenberg, I think, will go up there because he's obviously not defending. You know, I know he's got a World Quarter Final to defend, but other than that, that's that. And I'm going to go for Daryl Gurney. To sneak in there at 10. So that's my top 10. So Michael Van Gerwen, Peter Wright, Gerwin Price, Rob Cross, Nathan Aspinall, Michael Smith, Glenn Durrant, Dimi Vandenberg, Christoph Ratajski, and Daryl Gurney. That'll be my top 10. Not in any particular order, that'll just be the top 10. Have you done yours, Gob? Do you want me to go? I've done mine. I'm just looking to see if I've missed anybody that is going to do bits out of nowhere. Um, right. And I well, think I I'm pretty I've, I've got my 10 written down. Again, in no particular order, MVG, Peter Wright, Gavin Price, Michael Smith, Nathan Aspinall. In fact, I think that that's the top five. They might fluctuate yeah. a little bit, but I think the top, the top five is fairly right. Six to 10. Hold on to your seats. Glenn Durrant. Dimitri mm -hmm. Vandenberg. Gary Anderson. Yeah. Christoph Ratajski. And I think Rob Cross holds on to the top 10 spot just. But the thing is, is that my only concern with that is that obviously Gary's defending a lot of money still. Still defending a, we were, sh we a shed ton of money. We've been saying that all year and he got to the match play final. He just finds a way to defend his money. I've given up on writing him off and saying he's going to be world 28. He just seems to find a way to defend money, which is why I'm keeping him in okay. just. Okay. Gob. Okay. I have seven the same as you, Phil. And yep. probably similar numbers to, to Jar. So I have MVG. I have Peter Wright. 
I have Gerwin Price, I have Michael Smith, I have Nathan Aspinall, I have Glenn Duran, and I have Christoph Ratajski. The players that haven't made my top 10, Rob Cross, Gary Anderson, Dave Chisnell, and Daryl Gurney. I don't, I don't and in instead is James Wade. I think Ian White will just cling on like he always does. And the surprise inclusion is Jose D'Souza. What? What? The man's a top 10 talent. The man's a top 10 talent. Yeah, I'm not convinced. I think he's A-gaming. Yes, he's a, ta- at the moment. he's a top 10... Yes, he's a top 10 talent. He's a top 10 talent maybe in a couple of years. Man's still not one of the world championships yet. And yeah. I just think Dimitri goes into the top 10 because now he's in every TV tournament. He doesn't have to qualify. So he instantly becomes a danger for me. Absolutely right. And we know there's a lot of we've always said now and this time next year. But all I'll say is is that all we've we talked about Dewey van der Berg being a floor, being a stage specialist, have we not? Right? Yeah? I've just seen, by the way, a couple of people actually agreeing with you, Gob. How will you agree with him? Jose de Sousa to win the World Championships? What are we talking about here? <laughs> not to not win it, but man. I don't know. I, I just, he's a top 10 talent. No, I, don't, I, I think, know you're not saying I that. I've caveat one of them. I've, I've taken Gary out because yeah. I think he may retire at the end of the year. No. Whoa. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Okay. This is a bold statement here, Mr. Garwood. Come on now. Are you sure? Well, I am. I just... This week, he's been fantastic. He's been exceptional because he's played his way into form. But you can't... He's not going to be able to keep doing that if the tour reverts to the way it is next year. You can't do that for just a pro tour weekend and then disappear through the week. You have to keep playing. He's, he's pulled out of events because of COVID at the minute, which is completely justifiable, but it's obvious that his first care in the world is his family, is his, is his wife and his son. So I just think he's not getting any younger, by the way, let's not forget. And I'm still, still not convinced that a back injury is a hundred percent healed. So I think this is the last year we see Gary Anderson and he won't make a big fanfare out of it. He won't do a Barney and... <laughs> God, God. Is he just... God's about to go tear Gob, uh, Barney a new one. And uh, he, he just has to believe that point. <laughs> oh, there you go, Gob. You're back again. You're back again. Sorry, pal. Go on. God, God, just, God, he just God. won't do inside a Barney. In, he he won't go the full... Inside info, Gary Anderson is not retiring at the World Championships. You can be tied into whatever commercial deals you want, mate. But I just think that sports people know when the time is right. They know Gary, when to Gary go out, not... apart from Barney. Gary, Gary is not Apart from Barney, one an extra final financial year, uh, sports people know when the time is right. And I think we are getting closer to that moment for Gary, unfortunately. I'm not saying we're not getting closer, but it won't be this year. End of. Anyway, moving on to other <laughs> questions on <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, Dark Horse for Dublin. 
Oh, Bobby. Well, to be fair, anyone's a dark horse for Dublin. Yeah, anybody is. Uh, but, do you know what, um, actually? I'll, I'll go with this first. I'll, I'll say this now, right? I actually think that we talked about uh, a certain player earlier on tonight winning his first PDC televised title. I think it might happen sooner than the O2 PB. Are you going down? If you want me to be honest, I, I am. That I, I, he's not a dark horse, but he could, obviously not because he's a bloody because he's the bloody league champ, uh, league champion of the Prem. But the man loves double sixteen more than I than I love. Well, I don't know dairy milk chocolate, which is very much so. As you could probably tell by the state of me right now. Yeah, he loves double sixteen <laughs> more anything. than anything else in the world apart from his wife and his kids. And his family. Uh, I think dark horse. I think dark horse is tough because I look at the top sixteen at the moment in the pro tour order of merit, and I think they're all mm. kind of suspect on the outer ring. Yeah, agreed. And it being a doubling tournament, uh, look, they're all power scorers, but I think they're suspect. For me, he's got to qualify yet, but I think Big Dev could be a dark horse the way he's played this year so far. Yeah, totally agree with that. You know, he's if, absolutely if he can get there, when he I wants think, to be. I think Big Big Dev could be a, a dark horse. Um, Agreed. Gob, any anything for you? We've got about three or four more questions to get through. Um, I wouldn't say he's a dark horse as such, but I think because he's that high up in the world and we haven't seen him for the Premier League, I, I like James Wade for the Grand Prix. He's just missed a consistent on tops and tens. Um, oh, that God should get him in a, a reasonable level for 90% of legs. And after that, who knows? Um, however, I, I call it now, going priority is winning the World Prix. Right, okay. Right, double question here. Who will win the World Series final? And will Rob Cross ever get back to being a top three player? Uh, first World series me, final. Right, what? Go on, Josh. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. You go, you go, you go. I think. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, uh, right World, now, se Rob World series final. Top three player? No. It depends on whether he wins another big one. To be fair, um, probably not. He's got to. He's got to find. He's got to find something. Um, but who's winning the World Series of finals? Find a coach. Agreed. Uh, yes, he does. Who's winning the World Series finals? Peter Snakebite Wright. Are you agreeing, Gob? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Snakey wins the World I'm Series not. finals to me. Um, I, and I, I agree with Rob, but I don't think he makes it back into the top three unless darts players start taking on board coaches. Players that have been there and done that before or players that understand the mechanics of the game and can tell you where you're going wrong. Um, you look at someone like Ronnie O'Sullivan, he, he needed that coach. And yes, all right, he went and got mental. Just Even to then, as well, that the top players in World Snooker, the likes of Mark Allen and Neil Robertson, they all still have coaches that can just step back and tell them the odd little thing they're doing wrong. The top golfers in the world have coaches. I agree with Gob on the coaching front. And until we get him back, I am going for the Iceman, Gallerin Price, to win the World Series final. 
I saw enough in the final stage of the Premier League that he's not far away from going berserk like he did at the Slam last year. So for me, Gezi wins. Right, couple more before we go. Who is the most underrated player on the tour by the darting public? Oh, good question. I like you. I like by the public, not by. Oof. Um, most underrated. Jesus. Yeah, like that. Uh, but uh, are we are we talking darts fans or are we talking about? Are we talking about casual darts public. fans? Whatever in that case, want. then sorry, I'll go. Said in that case, then sorry, I'll go with uh, with Diamond, Ian White. I think that people in the darting community give him absolute credit because he could, he's always good on the floor. Euro tours, he's absolutely mint, but he never gets to. He always bottles it on the television. Let's be frank about it. And people, you know, people only watch really the World Championships and the match play. That's it. So I, I I think that he's got to be the for me he's got to be the most underrated player. He, he, he's actually very he's just one of the best darts players of all time. He's just never done it on a TV stage. Surprise. Gob, or oh, he's gone again. Genuinely, is Nottingham got the worst Wi-Fi in history? Yes, it has. I'll be honest with you right now. Um, as, as someone who used to live there for a few, few years. Yeah, no, look, Ian White's up there for me. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree. Ian White is, doesn't get the credit from the, the public that I think he deserves. Um, right, where are we? Are the Worlds going to be played in the UK or abroad from Rach? Rach, that is a simple question. That all depends on whether fans are allowed in or not. So time will tell. However, if there's no fans and they can get fans abroad, I think it goes abroad. Well, I'm convinced it does. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we've just had a comment in here, Gob, about talk, talk about the Wi-Fi, about Gob's Wi-Fi here tonight, Phil, saying that Gob would be better to go to Mackey's. He'd love that. Obviously, he's got the uh, he's got the cheap double quarter cheese pounder or something like that. I don't know. I don't really eat that. Yeah. What is it that you've got back, Gob? <laughs> right. And the final question of this week's live lounge, it is topical, being that was said on Twitter earlier, and I forgot to mention it earlier. Do we think the World Youth Champions should be invited to more tournaments? Oh! God. Uh, uh, it's quite simple. Oh. Yes, I think he should. I think yes. Humphreys is a, is a phenomenal player. But is are we talking about that just for every single world youth champion, or are we just talking about Humphreys? Uh no. The, the world. The question is: Do you think the world youth champion? What's the point of having okay. a world youth champion if you don't get invited to stuff? For me, you get invited to the Grand Slam. One tournament was that enough for me? No. I don't know where else you could go. I don't know which other tournaments you'd invite him to because then, for then, you, you, what are you saying that World Youth Champions should go to the match play? They should go to. They should get a place in the Premier League. You know, it's no, one I of those I, look, World Series events. I think World Series events that they should be invited to. For yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I can understand that. You know, but he's good enough to go and qualify for it if he wants to. You know, he's one of the best players out there at the moment, and he's absolutely meant. So, uh, 
look, I, I can understand where he's coming from, definitely. Um, but were their players probably a bit more, probably a bit more deserving at the moment? Yeah, as well at the same time. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I would say yes, but then it's just a case of which one would you want him to do. Yeah, no, it's it's an interesting one, but it, but yeah, I, for me, yes, he should. Um, it looks like Jai's having splinters at the moment because he sat firmly on that fence. Absolutely, oh, and God can't. And the thing is that God can't give you shit for it because he can't. Yeah, God can't give you shit for it because he's on. Because uh, at the moment he's uh, he, he's Roos going in and out more than than a train through a tunnel at the moment. He's on Tesco Wi-Fi. Um, God, if you can hear us, before before you come back, should the world youth champion be invited to more? No, Gob's gone. We're writing Gob off for the rest of the show. Absolutely bin. But like we said, that was the last question. So that <laughs> does almost bring to an end to live range. We just want a special thanks to everyone who has joined us on tonight's show. Looking at the viewers on YouTube, it's been amazing. So many great questions from you all. It's been a pleasure. I'm glad you're enjoying it as well because it was something that we didn't know if the concept would work. But clearly it is, gentlemen. I think I think for me at the moment, uh, what we've got to do is make sure we actually get into a studio for this point, not for our sake, but for Gobs because his Wi-Fi is tragic. Yeah. Uh, to, to be fair, <laughs> once there are plans, plans, ahoy! But everyone, that brings to an end this evening's live land. It's been an absolute before pleasure we go taking you through. Before we go, very, before we go very, very quickly, we've been going on for an hour and a half. We should be doing. Uh, we said as well that we would announce the winner of the Raven Van Bilevel shirt. Completely forgot to do the draw. We will announce that on Twitter or Facebook and Instagram and socials over the next couple of days. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, our fault. We, we forgot to do the draw, so we will sort it and put it out over um, social media. Our fault. We were rushing around tonight. But, everyone, thank you very much for joining us on the live lounge this week. I've been Phil Bars, of course, joined by Jonathan and Jack Gobby Garwood, as always. We will be back next week to discuss the awesome series and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 